Can we ever be certain what roads our choices will put us on? In 2018, Toyota cut through the confusion, completely ceasing production of diesel passenger cars, becoming the global leader in hybrid electric battery innovation, lowering harmful emissions, providing certainty for Irish drivers. Now, nine out of every 10 cars we sell are hybrid electric, making Toyota Ireland's best-selling car brand in 2021 and 2022. You'll never take a wrong turn with Toyota. Built for a better world. Best-selling claim based on most recent monthly figures. Down to business on News Talk. Sponsored by Bank of Ireland. Here to support your business as it keeps building for years to come with dedicated business teams. If you're like me and you've had a bit of a sweet tooth, then very little compares to biting into a luscious, smooth piece of chocolate. It's a product that's sold absolutely everywhere and little wonder why. Uh, so, with one of the most chocolatey times of the year around the corner, I figured now would be the best time to find out more about the business side of things. And I'm delighted to be joined today by Simon O'Keefe. He's the head of sales at Lear Chocolates. Uh, Jim Healy is the director and co-owner of the Chocolate Garden down there in the Carlo Wicklow border, as I understand it. And Helena Hemrick is the CEO of Shea Emily. And you're all very welcome to the programme. Helena, we might start with you. Tell us a little bit about Shea Emily, if you would. Uh, Shea Emily was established in 1996. Uh, we came back from Belgium and we set up a artisan chocolate company in Kulki, the ward. Okay. Um, so you you have Belgian heritage. So tell us a little bit more about how you found that. Um, uh, just to, uh, again, I'm interested in the early days of how you got into the business. Uh, the very early days, uh, myself and my husband were Ferdinand were living in Belgium and he retrained um, as a chocolatier and we came back to Ireland because my parents were uh, Belgians moved here in 64. We came back to Ireland in 96 with the knowledge of chocolatier and how to run a business and we set up. Uh, we brought back the Belgian recipes with us and very much it was an artisan process. Everything is handmade and hand produced. Okay. And your husband was an accountant and now he's retrained as a chocolatier. So that's got to be good for the business. Oh, that was very good for the business. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's talk to our second guest, Simon O'Keefe. He's the head of sales at Dear Chocolate. Simon, you're very welcome to the programme. How are you, Bobby? Thanks for having me in. Now, you may not remember because you're only a young lad, but I remember the days of Lear Chocolates down in East Wall and Connie and Mary and... Where, tell us about the business, where it is now. Exactly that. Well, it was founded in 1987 by Connie and Mary. Um, Connie originally produced out of her kitchen, um, outgrew that quite quickly and on, on, onto East Wall then. Um, and then in the last phase of growth, we moved out to Navan, the IDA business park. So that's where we're based from now, two production facilities out there. Right. Um, and how many people do you employ out there now? Uh, at peak season, um, which would be from September through till the end of um, Easter, about 350 odd people. Wow. And that goes down to about 100, 150 um, from Easter onwards. So really from the next two weeks onwards, we'll scale back a bit. How much of the business, Simon, is is is, is international and, and how much is Irish? Um, it, Approximately just. Yeah, it's about, it, now it's about probably 50, 60% in the UK, um, probably 35, 40 um, international and then the balance would be in Ireland. Okay. Um, so we're, since 2016, 2017, when the Brexit vote happened, um, we had a huge uh, proportion of our business in the UK and we just needed to kind of reposition so we didn't have as much risk in the UK and we looked at other export markets to 
to have. So were you able then to make that transition uh, and basically almost wean yourself out of the UK, even though it's still an important market, but you're you're now not you're not now not so dependent on it. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. No, the UK is still our, our most important market um, and will continue to be. But what we've done is we've gone from six or seven territories to twenty five. Um so we've we've balanced that risk and we're now much stronger internationally than we were, so we we mitigate, I suppose, if there's okay. any. Yeah. Uh, our third guest, uh, Jim Healy, he's a director and co-owner of the Chocolate Garden of Ireland, is on the line. Good, good afternoon, Jim. How are you? Good. Good afternoon, Bobby. You're keeping the best till last. That's great. That's <laughs> it. Yeah, we always do that. So. Uh, hi, hi, Alina. Hi, Simon. Uh, tell tell us about the Chocolate Garden, Jim. Um, again, we know Mary, your wife. She's been in with us a couple of times, but. Uh, is the business in Carlow or Wicklow? That's my first question. Too. We're actually, we have a, a county Carlow just because we're in Tullow, but the Garden of Ireland is Wicklow, so we're very much associated with our Wicklow roots, which is, the, as I say, we're uh, three miles inside the border of, of Wicklow. Okay, well, thanks for clearing up that geographical matter. Tell us now about the business and its evolution, if you would. Yeah, we started, actually, we're, we're 21 years old this year, and I suppose I was, I was uh, mentioned the fact that uh, my uh, my oldest boy, uh, my oldest uh, child, Robert, was born, and he's 21 this year, so uh, we're 21 the day after, uh, or the day before him. He was born the day after we started the business, like, so we're, we're 21 years old this year. We make handmade chocolates, uh, and uh, at the moment, as you mentioned, like lots of Easter eggs and Easter bunnies, and personalised chocolates going on, and we also do workshops down in uh, in our shops, so people can come in and make their own chocolate bunny or make their own chocolate Easter egg. So it adds a fun dimension to it. Myself and Mary started the business, and we have three kids, and they're helping out with the business now as much as possible. And that, like, so that's that's, that's always help as well. But it's family-owned business. Uh, interesting enough, Jim. Did you did you actually start? You and Mary started in the waffle business. Is that right? Again, yeah, with yeah, a Belgian was, influence. Absolutely, like it was actually a, it was slightly a Dutch influence. In there was a, a Stroop waffle was what we started making when we were in bottling glass initially, and a number of years later, then we moved uh, to our current location. But we had been more involved in chocolate after the first couple of years because we found that the the chocolate taste in Ireland was was stronger than the biscuit taste. So we said, let's go uh, and concentrate more, and we changed our name from Wick the Fine Foods at the time as we started to the Chocolate Garden of Ireland. Yeah, okay. Uh, Helena, can I come back to you? And um, maybe you could walk our listeners through the process of, of you know, making a, a a wonderful bar of chocolate or an egg or whatever it is. But it all starts with the cocoa bean. Correct. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that and where you source that. And uh, mm. again, I know I'm familiar with the coffee business, but I, I think your own business is something similar. That's correct. Now, um I have Simon sitting across from here. So that is a slightly, I'd say, larger operation than what we would do. And what we would do would be still artisan, but mid-scale. You also have the bean to bar process. So there's three different aspects to chocolate making within Ireland and three different levels of um, consumerism that's, that's involved there. What we do is we don't buy the bean in and conch it or grind it ourselves we actually buy the curvature already pre ready to go okay so we melt the the curvature down we temper each one the dark the milk the white to uh, its working temperature and then we just work it by hand from there into um into the as jim said there as well on the on the phone into 
this season, the bu- uh, the bunnies, the rabbits, the Easter eggs and everything like that. And then the chocolates as well. So and as far as the chocolate is making is concerned, you um, you make the shell first and then you put the filling in it and then you close it over. So it's a molded process. Absolutely. And again, I, 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 I remember my old days in Bewley's as well. Some of the aspects yeah. are molded, but some are then pure hand creations as well. Yeah. You know, the, the likes of the truffles and things like that wouldn't necessarily come out of a mold. And, and can I ask you then about the the skill set that's involved there? So, you know, and I know maybe a lot of people maybe find different routes uh, to becoming a chocolatier. Some may have worked in patisserie and might be out of, you know, Cal Brew Street or, mm. and some might have, never had any involvement in culinary stuff at all and uh, found their way there. Yes, indeed. What uh, the likes of Ferdinand, I wouldn't be a chocolatier, but uh, Ferdinand is the chocolatier. And it's obviously a training process and a very much a hands on process when you are training, because yeah. there is a lot to understand. Um, it's not just a question of I'll melt the chocolate. Does it feel OK? Yeah, it does. I'll use it. No, if it's not tempered properly, it doesn't set properly and it'll never come out of your mould and it's waste. So there is a skill set in regards to understanding how your chocolate works and the crystallisation process. And it, indeed, you, there is a schooling towards it. Now, you could also learn this still by doing um you know, working on hands with a chocolatier and learning So like an apprenticeship type exactly. of, of model. But what we found during the recession um, is that at that time, there was actually a lot of people coming out of the building sector that were trying their hands at being a chocolatier. Isn't that great? <laughs> yeah. Um, Simon, can I ask you about uh, uh, that process of, of, of the, the raw material, let's call it. And again, you've got a a sizable operation up there in Navan. Uh, is the is the chocolate coming in directly from Belgium? Yeah, we would source from um, Barry Calibo, um, who are based in in Belgium, and also they have an operation in the UK. Yeah. So we would we would buy it in a, in a bulk format mainly. And is it bulk liquid? Um, it is. Yeah. yeah. The, the majority uh, chocolate would be a bulk liquid, but we also have sort of part part processed chocolate that we would do further work to when it comes in. Um. So yeah, our our I suppose our our operation is um. It's it's quite handcrafted still, quite artisan, but Lear's USP is we can do that to scale. So we would say we can do really high-end quality products to the scale that retailers needed to be at. Um, and so that's, yeah. Can I ask you about um, the branding? Uh, you know, obviously, if, if you're working with companies like Guinness and Bailey's, mm-hmm. how big of the market is that? that like, to be the producer of someone else's chocolate brand, I, I'd suggest it's significant. It is, yeah. No, you're right. Um, and it's a massive advantage. We work with Diageo on, on as you say, Bailey's and Guinness, um, their brands. So we're the licensee um, for chocolates for them. Um, yeah, it, it's a, a Bailey's and, and Guinness are both such internationally recognised brands. Yeah. It's a massive advantage for us to export that because I guess customers already understand what the brands mean. But there's um, a responsibility that goes with that as well, that we maintain those brand values. Um, and so the, the quality needs to be right, you know, the packaging needs to be right and it, it needs to marry into what the, the, the Baileys and Guinness brands are doing. It probably also allows an opportunity for you to follow them in those markets, those international markets, so that there's again a, another upside around that. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And that's, I mean, back, as I say, in sixteen seventeen when we revisited export, um, a market attractive, sorry, attractiveness of a market, it was determined how popular those brands were. Um, what were the supermarket infrastructure like? Um, you know what the demand for was. What the demand for premium brands was like in those markets. Yeah, so 
few few of those That's great. factors. Yeah, Jim, back to you. Um, the I suppose the diversification of your own business into, as you were saying, you know, doing classes and stags and hens and a bit of tourism related venue down there in the beautiful uh, Tullow in, in County Carlow or indeed Wicklow. Um, how important is that as an add on to the business? Yeah, it's uh, strange. Actually, after two years, this was the first first time in two years this week that we actually ran our first uh, group uh, class for an active retirement group uh, from Watford. And that, like, so that was the first time in two years. So that whole model actually changed for us uh, over the last two years when COVID struck and we couldn't be opened uh, to the same extent. We actually uh, moved to uh, online. Uh, online purchasing like moved uh, quite strongly for us, but also we actually started doing uh, online classes. So we're actually doing uh, classes online for a lot of big business uh, around the country, where we sent out the tasting packs in advance. Okay. And, uh, we, uh, you know, a week later they came on Zoom and we actually presented chocolate to them and, and <coughs> went through the tasting profiles and allowed chocolate. So that was a huge change in the last two years. But now we actually open back up again. We're open back up again uh, yesterday for the Easter season, and that like so. It's great to see our neighbours and our, our customers coming back down to the shop and coming in for a coffee or a hot chocolate and uh, for their chocolates. So yeah. that's a, that's a big boost. So it was a big chunk of our business, and it changed. So now we hope it grows back up again. Okay. Um, back to you, Simon. In terms of this time of year, um, Easter, Easter eggs, um, probably in times gone by, that would have been more significant in terms of a, I suppose, a production uh, or, or or upscaling for a particular time of the year. Is Easter still huge? Oh, it's huge. Yeah, it's probably about twenty or thirty percent of of our of our year. And chocolate is very seasonal, so Christmas being the biggest, and then Easter after that. Um, so yeah, absolutely massive and the next week is really make or break for Easter in terms of sales. Yeah. Um, traditionally about 70% of the sales happen in the last week of Easter. So we've all our products on the shelf and now let the war begin to see how we can get it off the shelf. But uh, uh, Helena, I remember in my Beulies days when we used to make chocolate Santas and then when they didn't sell, we used to sell them as chocolate St. Patrick's on, uh, on, on, on Easter weekend. But in those days, you had to do anything to make a book. Uh, tell me a little bit about your own uh, your own uh, expectations now for Easter. Uh, well, yes, this is the first Easter that we've had since post-COVID, yeah. such as post-lockdown. So, so it's, it's long diff- overdue. It's long overdue. <clears throat> and we have found in our two shops now, the shop in Ashburn and the shop at Cool Key, that the community is very um, strong and has come out in force. And the last two weeks particularly, but again, next week, like Simon says, next week is going to be the biggie. So uh, we're stocked, we're ready to go, everything is primed and uh, Easter eggs are there. Last word to you, Jim, are you ready for Easter? Absolutely, like we have the shop stocked and we have our products out there and the online is actually booming at the moment, chocolategarden.ie and uh, we'd probably end up turning it off by Monday night. 
because there's that much demand coming through it at the minute. Well played, Jim. All right. Well <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Yeah. Uh, chocolatiers. Simon O'Keefe uh, from Lear Chocolates. Yeah. Jim Healy from the Chocolate Garden of Ireland. And Helena Hemrick from Chez Emily. Thank you so much for joining Thanks. us. Could I just encourage, Thanks, lastly, Happy your Easter. listeners to, to buy Irish this Easter. And if you're buying Irish, choose Lear. That's why you're the head of sales. <laughs> All right. Loads more to come. Stay tuned. <laughs> If you're thinking of buying a residential rental property, ICS Mortgages can provide an excellent range of flexible buy-to-let mortgages, including interest-only terms of up to 15 years. We'll also help you to refinance your existing portfolio and grow your property investments. Call 0818 427 427, visit icsmortgages.ie or contact your local mortgage broker. ICS Mortgages, the mortgage experts. Lending criteria, terms and conditions apply and are subject to change. The entire amount that you've borrowed will still be outstanding at the end of the interest-only period. Dilosk.trading is Dilosk and ICS Mortgages is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland.